I once went to the park in the middle of the night last year to commit suicide and I encountered an angel of the Lord. He comforted me in my pain and he reminded me of my fa my father's love. The first thing he said to me was, it was funny for me when I thought back because the first thing he said was, don't be afraid. And I was like, oh my word, oh. this is like the Bible. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey you guys, and welcome back to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Michaela, and today I have on Lisady Moffa King, all the way from South Africa, and she shares how her childhood of growing up without a father eventually led to her finding herself in an abusive relationship. It was through the pain of this abuse that she finally called out to Jesus and experienced what real love should be like. It was also then that she learned who Jesus really was and not who the religious people made him out to be. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Lissadie. I'm really excited to have you. Uh, you're another person that I met on TikTok. And yeah, and I just love your TikTok so much. I feel like you do a different spin on it where you share a lot of Bible stories that, you know, many people don't know about. I feel like a lot of times Christian TikTok is, um, you know, people sharing what, what they're going through in their day to day, but you actually offer like a, an educational component where it really brings these Bible stories to life. So I love, I love watching your content. I always feel like I learned something from, from watching your stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then I was looking at your Instagram and it says you have in your bio that you're an aspiring trauma counselor. So I'm excited to pick your brain um, because, you know, going into that field or having a passion for something like this, that that typically means that that person has went through something in order to want to help people in that kind of way. So I'm excited to, to just talk about your testimony, um, how you came to know that Jesus was was real, that he is Lord. Uh, what's changed in your life since then? I want to know a little bit about your blog. And yeah, all the things. Yay. Okay. I'm excited as well to dive into it. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll start with your blog. So it's ourlivingwords.wixsite.com. I've looked yes. at it a little bit. Oh my gosh. It's, it's amazing. I, I want to read, I want to read the first part here because I feel like it really embodies like your intention. I think this is like your bio on it. You said, quite honestly, I don't promise to inspire you or leave you feeling all warm and fluffy inside. I don't promise to have you leaving here feeling good about yourself, exiting this site feeling holier than thou from performing some sort of religious duty. 
because a relationship with God was never about that. I wish to evoke a stripping of self, a raw vulnerability that will allow you to be convicted of your sin and convinced of his righteousness. I wish to elicit a response in you where you'll allow yourself to be real with yourself for a moment. Be real with God. Lay down all your pretenses and repent. I don't know where you're at right now, but one thing I know more than I know of even myself is that God is real, but he will never be real to us in our everyday lives if we can't even be real with ourselves. Oh, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. So that that all ties together with you wanting to be a trauma counselor to like, have this, this realness, this rawness. So I would love to just yes. hear where that came from, how that developed in you. Um, in terms of being a trauma counselor, I have been through an immense amount of trauma myself. And when you're going through something like that, it's extremely uncomfortable for people, even your loved ones, because it's just messy for people to get involved. And the biggest thing I learned in my walk with God going through things like this is Jesus is a shepherd, but he's not only just a shepherd, he's a good shepherd. And shepherds smell of the sheep. When you start really having to be honest with yourself, I mean, your brain comes up with all sorts of ways to survive during traumatic events. And when that's done, um, you're still in survival mode, but it's extremely dysfunctional. But you must face those things about yourself in order to overcome, which is very difficult. But I've just found that being vulnerable with God in all the mess, in all the stuff, in all the drama, he, he loves to hold you close, which is something that not a lot of people are prepared to do, which is why I specifically chose, because it takes compassion to do that. Compassion is very inconvenient for people. People always make excuses as to why they cannot be there for you, but it's just because it's inconvenient. You know, I don't want to get involved. It's not my place. You know, yeah, I've got my own issues. I'll pray for you, but I really want to walk with people the way God has walked with me because his compassion is what healed me most, most of all. That's amazing. Yeah, and I feel like, too, on that note, if you haven't felt those depths, it's really hard to tap into those depths with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I know I'm learning that with my husband because I went through mm -hmm. a lot of trauma growing up and he he didn't like, you know, we all have things, we all have things that, you know, we overcome, but I have like a, an abusive childhood background and just situations that left me feeling very traumatized and, and he tries to understand, but he can't feel it. Whereas mm -hmm. if you've actually felt, if you've actually felt the depths of that pain, then mm -hmm. you're able to sit in that space with somebody else too, and not be intimidated mm -hmm. by it because you know that. Mm -hmm. pain. Yeah, that's true. I actually never thought about that, but that's, that's really And then, I don't know, as much as you would be comfortable talking about what was that for you? Like, how did, how did that lead you to Jesus, right? Because usually it is the wound, it's the pain, it's the knowing that I can't heal this, I can't do this on my own. A lot of mm -hmm. times that is what leads somebody to Jesus. So was, is that mm -hmm. what it was for you? Yes, it was. So um, I was attending a church, I think, for about just a couple months. But 
anytime I sat in like in church and the pastor would preach, it just felt like it did not apply to me. I know now what it means, but I didn't realize it at the time that it was just a rejection wound. I didn't feel like I belonged as a part of God's family. So when he said, Jesus died for your sins, it just felt like it applied to everybody else except for me. So it didn't feel personal to me. I just sat there like I was still very much agnostic, very much believing that it, God is just like an energy that's just out there in distance, just watching, you know. But I know what it means now. And I was in a relationship where I was literally being abused emotionally and sexually like sexually abused and I remember at some point I was at his house and he was like he just he was finished abusing me and I remember going to the bathroom and I cried out to God because I tried to leave like many times I don't know what it was I just could not leave and I remember crying out to God and I was like Lord if you're real, I'll do anything. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry for the way I'm living. I'm sorry for even being here. But you need to get me out of this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And then nothing changed from that moment on. But I remember being at a bar once and I was drinking with friends and I got so drunk, I was vomiting in the, the toilet. And then the first, you know, when you're so drunk, you, you feel like you're going to die. You yeah. can't get out of it. Like you're stuck in the moment. doesn't matter how much water you drink. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, yeah. it's like, and you know, you have to wait it out, but it's so awful. And I remember feeling like I'm going to die. And I cried out to God again. And it was so crazy for me because I thought that going to church, I thought that I didn't belong there because everyone looked like they were all cleaned up. And mm. Felt, you know when you cry to God, there's a peace that comes. There's a you you feel His presence, and yeah. I felt so incredible to know that I can cry out to Him in the depths of my darkest moment, and He's here. I remember crying out to Him after that specific night. I out of nowhere had a desire to read the Bible. I'd yeah. never read the Bible before. Um, I went to a Catholic high school, so I heard the stories, and it was very much religious. Not gonna lie, it just felt like part of I have to do it to pass school but yeah so I started reading the bible I opened up from the beginning from Genesis I think I made it to like the end of Exodus and then I I was so confused I was like what on earth is going on the only thing I related to is the story of Joseph that's the only thing I remember I was like what is going on I think I got to like Leviticus I was like what is this like God hates me (laughs) and you started in the old testament um I'm so scared. And then I Googled. I was looking for Jesus. I didn't know where to go. I thought it was like I read novels. So you read from beginning to the end. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I Googled where to, when was Jesus born in the Bible? And then that's when I discovered the Gospels. I'd stopped going to church at that time um, completely. I just felt like it was useless. But I was reading the Bible. I'd get up in the morning literally every single day. And I just fell in love with the person of Jesus Christ. I read from Matthew up until Luke. 
and I just, I just everything about him. I think yeah. everything. I couldn't put my Bible down. Like friends would come over and I'd sit there and read. Mm-hmm. And yes, and then shortly after all of that happened, um, I was invited to a church camp for Easter. I went there. I can't explain to you. I don't know what the specific moment was, but I know in that moment I understood the cross for the first time in my life. I I felt like it was for me that Jesus loves me and he felt real to me and personal to me. And I, his manifest presence was so real. I felt there was another person with me. And after that, everything changed. This is in 2018. I, I left the relationship. Okay. I left my old lifestyle radically, I think in the space of probably like a month. I had no more friends left. Um, I Everything, I stopped drinking, everything. I mean, the guy, the guy, every time I tried to leave him before, he would obviously come back and rope me in, make me feel guilty, like he's the victim, you know. Yeah. And literally, um, I didn't care. I blocked him. He'd pop up on Snapchat. I blocked him. He'd pop up on my emails. I would just block him. I just didn't care. I felt so free. And from that moment onwards, I was extremely radical. Just everyone I saw, I would preach the gospel to. Just make sure I'm, I'd go to, into university class for the first time in my life. That Monday after the Easter camp, I remember looking at everyone and going, you're going to go to hell and God loves you. And just preaching the gospel. You told just, people this in person. You, yes. In your class. Yes. That's yes, amazing. I did. Yes. <laughs> I did. Um, oh led some of them to Jesus, led, didn't with others of them. I was just some weirdo Jesus freak. But I didn't care. I honestly didn't care. It was almost yeah. like God gave me his love for them. When you look at someone, you there's, there's times when it's not I love you. It's God loves you yeah. so much. Yes. yes. I yes. feel that for people too. Like I feel like I know that love that you're explaining. Um, and it was kind of hard explaining that to my husband. I'm like, no, like it's not <laughs> yes. like <laughs> yes. God in me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's the story. And a lot of things have happened in between, you know, but that's basically how I came to Christ. Wow. I like to uh think about it in terms of like a a marriage or a wedding sort of thing where it feels like he pursues so much in the beginning and you really, it it is a feeling of like falling in love with him when you're getting, and I didn't, I I remember feeling like kind of alone with that um, because I grew up like, like he's God, the father, you know, and then Jesus is like our, like he, we have a friend in him. And I'd never heard anybody like feel almost like romantic about him, but that's like how I felt. And I I was learning him because I started reading like Song of uh, of Solomon too. And just all these things, because I was really passionate about like love and finding love. And and that's why I like a part of my trauma is like, I gave myself away. Like Mm. I didn't know my worth before before Jesus began to teach me. And so I gave myself Mm -hmm. away. I built up all this trauma. I was looking for love, but in all the wrong ways. So Mm -hmm. then when I finally got to know Jesus, I understood what I wanted in a husband and how I deserved to be treated Mm -hmm. and what a godly love is really like. So I loved Mm -hmm. reading that book, Song of Solomon. And I, I do just remember, like, I wanted to buy myself roses and like, 
I was wearing red and like, I just remember feeling so in love. Um, and yeah, almost like romantic about Jesus where he became my first, he became my yes. first where I found my husband. Yes. I honestly, I honestly feel the same. I'm even emotional thinking about it. One of the things that the first things that God had to reveal to me, I'm sorry if I cry, but, um, being abused and stuff by men, just God had to show me that he's not the same. He, he's a fierce protector for me. I mean, I grew up without a father, had an absent father as well. And there's times where I felt angry at God. Like I'd look at people who had fathers around in their lives. And, you know, when you bring a boy home, their father's like, you better not hurt my my daughter. You know, there's like a level of accountability. And I just felt like I never had that in my life. I just felt like there's a lot of things that would have never happened to me had I had a father around. And God showing me he's, I think that's why I fell in love with Jesus when I was reading the Gospels in the beginning. It was, he was so gentle with women. He was a protector. He was a defender. He wasn't harsh or mean or abusive or cruel he his love just his character the dignity and the respect was one of the first things that he had to restore to me because I honestly felt like I had no value no worth and I was just destined for being treated like 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 trash you know and God he literally showed he loves me because he loves me not because of anything else he just loved me because he loved me It makes me think of, um, I think it was the prostitute that everybody was, you know, giving a hard time in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Jesus said to everybody, he was like, okay, well, the first one of you who hasn't sinned, you get to, you get to throw the first stone. And then he looks around and they all left. And then he looks at the woman and she, she knows, you know, like, she's like, I feel like she's at this point. And he's yeah. like, like, go and sin no more. He's like, where are your accusers? Mm. And no, nobody's mm. around. He's like, go and mm. sin no more. And mm. I really, like, I really felt that too of, I don't know, like, I feel like you're so much more convicted when you know his love for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he wants more for you. He wants more for you than, than what you settle for before you know, yeah. before you know any yeah. better. Yes, yes. And I just love that he meets us where we are. I mean, in the beginning, those feelings of worthlessness and not feeling like I belonged in the church, etc. I feel like they were just heightened because I was surrounded by a lot of religious people, like Pharisees. Particularly people who'd grown up in the church all their lives. So there was a lack of, she doesn't know let's help her from where she is it's oh my word you were why would you be in an abusive relationship when you should be in church like that was literally the response that i received so that specific story that you're you're speaking of is one that god takes me to all the time and just how she was humiliated she was absolutely humiliated and the guy wasn't even there i mean it was intentional it was cruel it was malicious and just how he completely stepped in and protected her and defended her in a way that she couldn't do for herself. And she didn't know. Only once she knew God's love for her did she change. She didn't know better. Exactly. Exactly. Only once she knew God's love for her did she change. That's exactly like I remember 
I remember sharing that with people when I just found God and like something that I thought was something like a, a misconception that I believed before is like, okay, I have to be this, like this perfect Christian if I'm going to follow Christ. And I really learned mm-hmm. at, that, at that season in my life, like that's not true. He doesn't mm-hmm. have standards for me. It's just mm-hmm. over time getting to know him mm-hmm. and letting, letting that transform your heart that's what changes your ways. And then you begin to live differently too out of that relationship with him. That's where it starts is the relationship. Mm. Mm. And often the illustration that God gives me about this is, I mean, going back to him being your first love, that I, he's my bridegroom. I am his bride. Mm-hmm. Um, just often how religion takes away from that. Like he always, he'll give me the analogy of how, imagine if you were married to a husband that you were, always trying to do good works for, always trying to impress, always trying to, you felt like if you did something wrong, he was going to be angry at you. I mean, that's like an abusive relationship and God's not like that. And he He just said to me that he feels like that's why a lot of Christians are miserable, why they feel like faith and Christianity doesn't work for them because they don't have a relationship with him. You share your life with your husband, the ups and the downs, and it's just there's intimacy there's vulnerability. It's real and it's raw and it's beautiful and it's enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of, we we talked about what led you into this abusive relationship was essentially like you didn't have a dad in the picture. So I feel like you didn't know also what to look for. You didn't know what to look for in a man. You didn't have that example. Um, so that led you into this. And then it's it was through that relationship then that you found Jesus. And then I would like to know like how your life began to to change after that relationship. Like you said, you started to lose all these friends. Um, you know, you were going to your, your classes and, and telling people these things. Uh, is that then when you started your blog and your TikTok too? Yes. Yeah, so um, I had stopped writing for a while when I was first saved, um, when I was first born again, because everything that I wrote about before was extremely dark. And I felt like before that, I found my identity and my gifts and my talents. That was honestly the only thing that I felt like made me worth anything. Mm. And I really felt like every time I tried to write, nothing would come up. So I stopped writing for a long while when I was developing my relationship with God. But in the beginning, I must say, it was very exciting. Like being a baby Christian is so exciting because God does everything for you. You pray for money. It comes the next day over and above. You pray for a healing, for a miracle, for sweet. Everything just happens like, you know, and I feel like it's honestly to build up your faith. Yes. Um, and I honestly, I cannot tell you how I was an evangelist, a full-time evangelist. Like I would call like 50 people a day. I would encourage people, pray for them. I think in a week, I'd probably be making like up to 100 to 200 phone calls. I started to run a small group, but in a very short space of time. Um, but I, after that, there was a time where I burnt out. The motive was right. The intention was right. But after a while, I started to find my identity in that as well, because now this is a new gift and talent. And I found myself at some point having to take a step back. I got very sick. (laughs) I got very sick. Yes. I got very sick. To take a pause. (laughs) Yes. It it did force me. I got very sick. Um, There was a lot that was going on. And this is now where 
it was the beginning of God wanting me to confront my past. So in the beginning, it was fantastic. Um, I felt on top of the world. I was, but now when things are a little bit more difficult, I felt like it's now a period of refining and pruning and preparing you for your purpose. The one thing that did keep me going though was anytime things got difficult and we're confronting just things I'd forgotten about in my childhood. I even forgot about what happened in that relationship until I think about 2020, God started to bring that stuff up again. So I think from 2020 up until now, um, it's really been a process of those sorts of things. And something that it's very strange. It's been the worst time of my life, but also the best because this is in the darkness. This has been the time where I have experienced God in the most supernatural way. It sounds fake. Most Christians don't even believe me. I mean, I once went to the park in the middle of the night last year to commit suicide and I encountered an angel of the Lord. He comforted me in my pain and he reminded me of my fa my father's love. The first thing he said to me was, it was funny for me when I thought back because the first thing he said was, don't be afraid. And I was like, oh my word, oh. this is like the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's biblical. Okay, proceed. <laughs> yes. And then he, the first thing he said was, you've forgotten about your father. They all lied to you. And he really reminded me why I was here and how, how loved I am. I've experienced so many supernatural encounters just in the darkness. It's like, really, his word is real. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. God is close to the brokenhearted. I don't think it was exciting before, before I was facing all of these things from my past, but this level of intimacy with God this is something that nothing else would have given me. But this tough time of facing things that are extremely painful. Wow. Have you had any encounters since then? Or um, all that angel? Has, was that the last time you like uh, visually saw something spiritual? Um, I'm trying to think on the top of my head now. There was a time when um, I felt a voice in my ear. So not from the outside, like inside my ear, call my name yeah. and wake me up in the middle of the night. And I knew it was God. And out of nowhere, I went to the couch and I just had an Exodus. God kept saying Exodus 3, Exodus 3 in my heart. Um, I read Exodus 3, it was almost like, mo it was just the, the Israelites being led out of slavery and going into the wilderness. And I really felt like God was just speaking to me about how this is a wilderness um, period of my life now where it's going to be painful, but the wilderness is actually, it's a season of transformation to walk into the promised land. He's just reminding me where you're going, I want you to be prepared for it. I have so much for you, huge things. And I cried, I said, but I don't want to be here. Like, what is the point of this? I don't, why? To get people into heaven, it's not worth it. They're not experiencing the pain that I'm experiencing. No one cares about my pain. Like, I was really throwing a tantrum. I was like, you yeah. wake me up for this? <laughs> like, I thought you were going to wake me up to tell me you're going to change everything. Everything's going to be better. Breakthrough. And then I closed my eyes and I felt Jesus take me back to the cross but I felt it in a very real way. I was the only one in the whole world and he was crying out in pain on the cross and he was only saying my name, saying it's for me. He's ransoming me. He loves me. It felt like I was the only person in the world. 
Wow. Like it was, I can't put it to words, but it was a supernatural encounter of the cross. And honestly, once you encounter God's love, there's nothing that can replace that. It's, yeah. There's no words for it. And we change when we encounter his love. Yeah, because then we hold on to that forever. It's like, it's like nobody can, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you experience this being online, like TikTok and stuff like this, where people... You get, you know, the the atheists that comment these whole like novels about, yeah. you know, wh- why God isn't real and this and that and that. And it's like, nobody yeah. can tell me anything because I experienced him supernaturally. Like, yes. nobody can ever take that. Yes. Like, that yes. is so grounded and rooted at that point. Yes. And I also love how when you experience him, he really does make you feel like you're the only person. You're the only person in the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah he really does. Like, like he's so um, big and he's everywhere, but then he's right here. He's right yes. just with you too. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's there are times when things get so tough. It's like, does God even love you? You know, it's like, did God really say the devil coming again? And I just, I just tell myself, but look at everything you've experienced. You don't even know anyone else who's experienced these things. Like, he loves you. He really makes me feel like I'm his favorite. I know everyone's his favorite, but I really feel like I'm his favorite. Like, there's times where he really just goes over and above. Like you said, the the pursuit. He really, his love is so passionate. He is, I mean, there's times where I'll say, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Making me face things where I didn't want to remember because I believed I would not recover. And he told me, I'm passionately committed to you. I will not let you go. I will make it happen for you. I love you. Yeah. Oh, Lissadie, that's so good. I also like that you talked about how he woke you up in the middle of the night to affirm you, to give you like a vision. Because there, I think there's a, it's in Proverbs, where there's no vision, people perish. Yes. And yes. So, so since he he showed you, like, yes, it's hard right now. Yes, it's tough. But you're in the wilderness because I'm refining you, because I'm healing you, because I'm preparing you. And it's yeah. in that in that knowing that's going to help you endure because life mm. is tough. Life is tough for <laughs> all of us, you know, like it's <laughs> so tough. And it's like, when yeah. you know, when you know the word of God, the promise of God, the hope of God, that's the only thing. Like, I don't know how people can wake up and make it another day without that. Yeah. That's what we yeah. do, you know, like yeah. we don't do what we do to, like you say, be holier than thou. It's not about mm-hmm. that. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, if you want to endure on this earth, like you have to know the love of God to make it through each day. Yes. I often think about that. I'm just like, it's, it's tough even with God. Like, how do people do this without him? breaks my heart you think what are people doing out there there's a reason why people are trapped in so many things it's just we can't there are no other solutions without god yeah you know it feels like you're on your wheel when when you don't have god like my time apart from god i describe it in two ways because i got really into the new age and so i was like really into like the universe stuff and crystals and tarot and psychedelics i was into all of that and so that experience, my experience with Satan and his his dark kingdom was like looking in a kaleidoscope where mm-hmm. it was so sparkly and like pretty and curious. And every time mm-hmm. I like got my gaze focused on something, though, it would turn 
And then I'm mm-hmm. falling through the universe again, just wow. waiting to grab onto the next, just like wow. seeking for truth, yearning for truth. Yeah, when I found Jesus, I finally felt solid ground for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like I've finally been placed on solid ground of truth. Mm-hmm. But the other way I describe my time before Jesus, and this is like when I, like aside from the spiritual component, it's like being on a hamster wheel of just running, 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 and going nowhere, and going nowhere, and you're, you're but it's just, it's chaos, and it's pain, and you're just exhausted, but when you, when you know God's word, and you know why you're here, and what's to come after this, and the eternity of your soul, you're Mm. not on a hamster wheel anymore, like, yeah, you might be a little bit stuck, but like, you know where you're Mm. going, and it's not, Mm. not just running in circles anymore. Mm. I like that you brought up the hamster wheel thing. The once I say to God, I feel stuck. Like we keep going. I feel like I'm going over and over and over the same thing. And sometimes, you know, those things that you think you're over them and then a trigger happens and God's like, it's the stronghold yet again. And he gave me the analogy of with a shepherd, they, they walk around, they go around the bend of a mountain, but they keep going in circles. But each time they circle around it as they're following um, with sheep, when the sheep are following the shepherd, they go higher and higher and higher. And they don't know, they can't see. That's why they have to follow the shepherd. The shepherd has greater vision mm-hmm. as to where they're going. And eventually they're on the top. And God just said, if you look back from a year from now, yes, you were dealing with the same thing, but you've there's breakthrough on a different level there's there's progress like in the world when you're in the world and you don't know god it really is a it may feel like a hamster wheel now but it's not back then it really was you're getting nowhere you're getting nowhere when you look back it's like you said chaos you've actually it's worse it just declines you know i even remember so i growing up i had an eating disorder um that's actually one thing part of my testimony when i got saved those desires disappeared. I cannot explain it. It sounds fake. I still don't understand it. I mean, I still, there's body image issues that God had to work through, but actually the eating disorder was about control. That's taking hold of control because of the chaotic lifestyle, the abuse, whatever. And this this started with when I was about 11 years old. So from the ages of 11 up until 20, I grew up in and out of psychiatric institutions. But for like months at a time, I would, I mean, I, that was my life. And I remember thinking to myself, just before I got saved, actually, I had a bed booked for my next admission. I was underweight yet again. And I remember thinking to myself, this is my life. I'm a revolver door impatient now. I have no idea what to do. And that's that's done now. You, I tried everything. I tried. I literally tried everything. Every type of CBT, DBT, inpatient course, this hospital, that type of counselor. I tried everything. It worked for like two, three months, but it was so much work to keep that sense of victory. Eventually, they even they even tell you it doesn't go away. You have to learn to manage it and live with it. But this is not, it's not the same. It's not the same. God really, he takes us somewhere. Even when you feel like you're not moving, you actually are when you look back. Yeah. Just see how God's been keeping you and sustaining you and guiding you and leading you and everything's changed. That's why it's so good that, you know, you're going into to trauma counseling, but you're also, you're a believer and you're bringing God into that picture of healing. 
So it's not just, it's like, yes, you need the therapy, you need the counseling, you need all these, you need these practices, these, these mm-hmm. tools in your toolkit, but that's mm-hmm. not going to be enough. You also mm-hmm. need God and most importantly need God. Yes. And something, so I, 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 I started doubting um, God's calling on my life yet again. Religious people just telling me like therapy's not real, it's not for believers, etc., etc. And the specific scripture God gave me was um, somewhere in Isaiah, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember it says, The sovereign Lord um, awakes me each morning and gives me understanding to his will. He has given me his words of wisdom so that I may know how to comfort the weary. He told me that day that my purpose on the earth. Yes, there's different tools to do it, whether it be counseling or shepherding and pastoring. But my specific purpose on the earth is to comfort the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. There is a place for counseling because the Holy Spirit is our counselor. And he helps us deal with these difficult things with scripture. He, he, comforts, us, he comforts us in those broken places. And we are God on the earth. So we take on those characteristics and we become like him to fulfill what God wants us to do in people's lives, to heal, to heal their hearts. God gives you different through your experiences, through the gifts and talents he's given you. You know, some people are more compassionate than others. Some aren't. Some are more strong and bold and they can lead. But I really just think that you're here to represent God on the earth. Yep. Yep. And yeah. And take those gifts out to the people who don't know him yet. Hey, you guys, if you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart, and I know he will do the same for you too. I would like to know what your advice would be to your younger self. Maybe that was the you that, you know, grew up without a dad, or maybe that's the you that was in this abusive relationship. If you could go back now and tell yourself then, you know, anything, what what would it be? Okay, there's probably three things. One is, I think the place that I'm in now, I'm in a culmination. This point is like a culmination of things that I just did not deal with when I was younger. Um, From being abused as a little girl, to being in an abusive relationship, to being bullied as an adult, (laughs) Um, to... The eating disorder, I mean, that got bad because I left it to like the last minute until I was like 28 kilos. You know, I never sought help because I didn't believe I was worth the help. Mm-hmm. Seek help. You are worth the help. You you don't have to stay stuck here. Seek help. I just never sought help. Um, that's the first one. The second one is... Obviously, Jesus is real. <laughs> Jesus is real. Jesus is real and he loves you. Um, the reason why I didn't believe in Jesus because I didn't think he loved me. I believed he loved everybody else, just not me. Mm-hmm. And the third one is rejection doesn't define your worth. Um, rejection is inevitable. 
Jesus was rejected and he was perfect. Jesus always said what needed to be said at the right time. He always did what needed to be done. He loved in the perfect way. He was the perfect pastor, the perfect friend, the perfect son, the perfect savior, and yet he was rejected. That does not define your worth. When you are rejected, it is like the biggest blow to your heart. When people betray you and reject you, it's not you. That says more about the person than it says about you, especially when you did nothing to bring upon that rejection, um, when your intentions were pure. So don't put your identity in what people have done for you, to you. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I feel I feel like when you do have a heart for Jesus and for, you know, sharing this, it it, it puts you in a a sort of vulnerable place because your heart is on your sleeve. You're like bleeding yeah. out for everybody, loving everybody. Yeah. And I know that I I personally deal with a lot of rejection too because of yeah. that. Um and a lot of just like like shame. Shame is something that mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I Yes. Maybe I was too vulnerable. I'm too emotional. Mm. People can't handle that. Like Mm. different things. So I love that you said because I'm I'm the first to beat myself up. Like I don't Mm. think anybody else is the problem unless it's my husband. (laughs) It's same. Yeah. So then when you get married, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, well, when you get married, it's like okay. Well, he's clearly the problem, but. Outside of that, like just in the world, I'm always the first to think that I'm the one that did something wrong and to self-deprecate. So I love that you said like Jesus was perfect and he was still rejected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of the things, like you said, you have your heart on your sleeve, especially when, I mean, ministry is not just on but everyone we're all called as long as we're leading people to Jesus in the ministry I mean something God has had to teach me is you love everyone the way Jesus loved them but you don't make space for everyone in your heart in that way like you need to know who you can trust like Jesus loved everyone he didn't treat Judas differently just because he knew what he was going to do he treated him the same but he knew who to trust and he knew who he couldn't trust I mean I've had to learn that just you obviously you give people a chance to prove themselves. You don't have to be suspicious, but you do need to ask for discernment on people's motives and intentions. That's something that I've been extremely naive about because you come to the church and you think everyone's so nice. Everyone is so churchy and um, something that I've had to deal with and God will, God will reveal it to me. This person's treating you this awfully because they're jealous. That's insane to me. Like, and then you fall into the trap of thinking they're rejecting you because you're not good enough. So yeah. you push harder to do better. Yeah. And it just backfires because the better you do, the more they hate you for doing yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, God just had to teach me, you can treat them the same. You can say hi and bye. You don't wish badly upon them. But you don't give everybody room in your heart like that. If people aren't for you, then just love them. But you don't have to wish. You don't have to. You can be amicable, but don't don't put them in a place where it's going to lead to your downfall. It's just not wise. If God doesn't want them in your life and they're out to get you, it's not God's will for you to have them in your heart. That's so good. Was there anything else that you feel like people need to hear before you go? Um, not really. I just wanted to find out. Like I see on your TikTok. 
that like you've had like supernatural encounters with like when you were into the new age thing yeah. with just like demonic entities i wanted to ask like more about that and how that all happened for you yeah so that's actually like the major part of my testimony is like as i was seeking god i just wanted to know god i wanted to know god but i grew up with addict parents who um were really abusive. I grew up in a really abusive home and they called themselves Christians and we would go to church sometimes, but there was a lot of fear. Um, yeah. I never felt safe in church. Um, yeah. So when I grew up, yeah, yeah. So then when I grew up, I was like, I don't want to be a Christian. Like I want God. I'm seeking mm. God, but I don't want to be a Christian. Mm. And so I looked, I looked really hard in every other religion. I was reading all these other religious books and trying all these other modes of spirituality. And I thought that it was all good. I thought it was all love and light, as they say. (laughs) And I didn't realize that these like spirit guides that I was connecting with were actually demons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd done a lot of psychedelics. I was really into psychedelics. Wow. And so this was like normal for me to see kind of spiritual things at this point. But I never thought that the scary things that I was seeing were were demonic because at that point I didn't even believe. I didn't believe in Satan. I didn't believe in Jesus. I just thought there's like it's a universe out there and there's yeah. like these spirits out there. And mm-hmm. and so I thought, you know, these were just random spirits. I didn't know there were demons at that point. But it didn't mean much to me until I saw one while I was sober. Wow. Yeah, because I had seen them while I was on psychedelics, which makes sense. You know, you open the portal to the spiritual world. And you're like, it makes sense that you see and encounter these things. Um, But then when I saw one while being completely sober, that was was like it for me. That was when I was like, okay. I was like, well, and this one was actually scary. Like the other ones I'd seen were like, I don't know, like alienoid kind of, or like colorful with like horns. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, they weren't really scary. They were weird, but I wasn't afraid. This mm-hmm. last one that I saw was a big, scary beast. He was the biggest oh, of wow. ever. Yeah. And I saw him, I don't know if you've seen like in the movies, because the best way I can depict this is, I think it's a, uh, the movie Passion of the Christ. Yes. Where you see like the babies, the, their faces warped. Yes. You see that yes. there's a demon in them. That's how I yeah. saw the demon. It was, it was in my ex-boyfriend and I saw this demon in him and his face warped. His face warped everywhere. Everywhere. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's another movie called Devil's Advocate, which also, I don't know, like this one isn't, really like a biblical movie it's just like a pretty worldly movie but it depicts what that looks like to these people without their faces shift and you see the spirit in them so yeah so that's how i saw this demon and then i was like okay i obviously did something to open portals to the demonic yeah. i didn't yeah. know was the tarot cards was it the psychedelics was it this relationship but i knew it was something and yeah. so i started seeking i started at that point studying good and evil and all the different religions. And um, yeah, I was trying to figure out like, how do you protect yourself against evil? And I remember I went to 
like I did the I did the new agey thing to do. I also went to like a Catholic church and got holy water and did all that and yeah. ended up being like I finally realized I needed Jesus. Mm. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't fight this on my own. I couldn't take this on my own. Well, all the other religions might have had like a a bit of truth of like okay, this is how you protect yourself. This is how you don't open portals. There might have been like bits of truth to that and just like morality, having morals and this, but it ended up being that like, I knew I needed Jesus to do it with me. And that's how I ended up becoming a Christian. I didn't want to be a Christian. Like, that's not what I was. I was not after that. Like that was because my whole community was anti-Christian. Like that's where I was. But I, I found Jesus and over time I just I became a Christian because I became a Christ follower because he mm. literally saved me. Mm. Wow, yeah. thank you for sharing that, you know. Um I'm so glad I asked. Um because I've been battling with just the fear of evil itself, not specifically with like um you know the demonic but with abuse like I feel like I've seen so much evil in my life it's just like you said there's no amount of morality that can save you from that we live in a fallen world and kind of makes me feel hopeless it's like okay how much more evil am I going to encounter and I I remember so this morning when I was reading the bible and I was praying specific thing God said to me was you need me this isn't something you can do just relinquish control to me so I find that really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. It makes me think of um, in the Bible, I don't remember who was trying to cast out these demons, but they weren't able to get these demons out. And Jesus said, well, this type you can only cast out in prayer. This yeah. type you can't do anything. You just have to talk to me. You have to talk to God about it. Yeah. And it, that does, it feels like, okay, so I have no control. There's nothing I can Yes. <laughs> Yes, seriously. You think that if you're a good person, you go to church, you're nice to people, nothing will happen to you. Like, but it's it just doesn't work that way. It's Satan's after us. We're in a war. That's just that's the reality. And yeah, Jesus overcame it for us. But we need him. We do. We need him. And then one can I ask one more question? Yeah. Um, I want to ask, so after you found Jesus, were there any specific, I know a lot of people speak about how, like, after they find Jesus, there's soul ties they had to break and those types of things. Were there any doors you had to close um, in terms of all the new age practices you used to do? Yes. And that was gradual and it's still happening. I'm still closing doors. I'm still healing. I don't know how long I'm going to be healing for, but I'm still. I'm still healing, but it definitely, it was more like tangible in the sense that I got rid of everything new age, like any statue, any book, any crystal, Mm -hmm. I got rid of everything, threw it away. And then as far as soul ties go, I also, it's like, yeah, you, you pray about these things and, and, and God can begin to like free you from them. But just as a practice, like sort of like a ritual with me and God, I wrote down every name on a piece of paper and I prayed while I was doing this and I burned this paper and I just prayed that God would free me from these soul ties. And I went to freedom classes at my church that were talking about, you know, breaking soul ties and 
and releasing strongholds that the devil still has over you. But I still struggle sometimes. Like I still feel mm. pain from from certain relationships that still comes back and haunts me. And that's mm. so bad because like I'm I'm married and I love my husband and yeah. I don't, I don't ever want to hurt him with that. But it's something yeah. I feel like is a message I have for the for other young girls too. Is like you think when you get married, all this stuff is going to go away. Yeah. It doesn't. It comes with you. And now that man that you love that that you got married to, now he's fighting these battles with you. It impacts him too. But what I found is is that those broken places allow for more intimacy. Mm-hmm. When I cry to my husband, I feel this pain and I'm so sorry. Like I'm so sorry I had to come into this relationship with this baggage. Like a I wish I didn't like, I wish I would have saved myself for you, but I didn't. Mm. But like, I need you to like pray with me. I need you to fight for me. I need you to tell me it's okay. And then I do that with him. And I also do that with God where I just continue. And, and without that pain, without those, those hurts that we still experience, I wouldn't be as likely to cry out to God or to cry out to my husband. It's like those it's those vulnerable places, those broken places that really do allow deeper, deeper connection with first and foremost, God. But secondly, you know, my husband, your future husband, he's going to get to he's going to get to to do some of that with you. And and yeah, like you're, you're going to have to fight the feeling of feeling like a burden, like it's not a burden because it's going to it's going to bind you closer together with him. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm so glad that we could connect on here. I'm I'm excited to uh, continue our friendship. And um, yes, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I literally, I don't take like I'm really, really grateful. Like I'm really honored. Oh, I don't wow. take it. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's at Michaela Nicolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.